Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Good morning from the great state of Oregon. I'm Steve Schultz, founder and wife of both the Elijah List and Elijah Streams. Uh, we're still in year 25, about to hit year 26 of bringing you the voice of the prophets. And today will be no exception. We're going to bring Johnny Enlo on in just a few minutes. It is Monday, March 27. Uh, things are very exciting. Things are heating up, as you know, in the political sphere and on Earth, all the news. So uh, this is going to be great to have Johnny on. Uh, a couple of quick announcements. Tomorrow will be Mel Kay. We haven't had her back uh, for a while. And uh, Wednesday is uh, Derek Johnson, uh, who is amazing. Uh, I say, man of God, he doesn't represent himself that way, but he's a God-fearing, uh, loves the Lord, uh, but he doesn't mince any words as it relates to executive orders and what Trump really is, what he's really, um, what status he really is before us. Uh, Derek Johnson, as you will have heard many times, will absolutely prove that, that uh, Trump is the commander-in-chief and has been ever since um, the, the election was stolen. He has remained commander in chief. So I absolutely received that and believe it with uh, with my whole heart. Let's see. I think I have uh, just one other thing. We just want to run a quick spot to remind you about your wonderful giving and where it goes to. So go ahead with that. Giving a cup of cold water is a simple way to show someone they are valued, that you care about them. When Jesus talks about this, maybe what he was trying to say, if someone cares enough to stop and think about what you need or what might help you, and they actually do something about it, wow, sacrificing for the benefit of another, that is loving your neighbor. Thank you for loving us, for giving us a cup of cold water. You give me a cup of cold water. And me. And me. And me. And me. And me. And me. Yeah, thank you so much for giving uh, Matthew. That's Matthew 10. I think it's 41 and 42. It gives two things that, that uh, people can do to not lose their reward or to receive a word. Their reward. And, and uh, one says, if you receive a prophet in the name of prophet, you'll receive a prophet's reward. It says, if you give a cup of cold water um, to one of these little ones, you will not lose your reward. So that's both in the same passage, for, verse 41 and 42. And we're kind of doing both. We're, you're having an opportunity to receive profits on this line, uh, um, on this show. And not that we're the only profits, of course. And then, uh, of course, you're donating to the cup of cold water. It's amazing. Every three days, every three days, a new well. More people getting saved, more people glorifying Jesus. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, it's time to bring in Johnny Enlow, Unfiltered. Here we go. 49 hours declaring it a riot. My message hasn't changed. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You must from now on target darkness in your society. We are almost there. The pain is for the awakening. The awakening is for your children. 
Well, happy Monday, Johnny Enlow. I've been in your studio that in which you sit. <laughs> Good to see you, Steve. It's a, it's, a, it's, it's a very nice studio. But only people will know why I'm laughing. About this. <laughs> and I do know. <laughs> but to your left is the bigger studio that we mm -hmm. we did the taping. Uh, the show that uh, we did with you is going to air on Thursday on, on Elijah's stream. So that's the story of a Doreen and me, and you guys interviewed us, did a great job. That will be this Thursday at 11. So That'll be so good for people yeah. to see that. Yeah, so amazing. Well, Johnny, you've got a lot going. I'm going to turn this over to you. Uh, um, we may not get the questions today because you've got a lot, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, just never never know, and then you find out some of the questions that are, are near the top there if they go with what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, you know, I, you know, first of all, I want to comment. I heard I, we hadn't talked about it Um that Derek, you'll have Derek Johnson over the next couple of days sometime. Yeah, yeah. And I had, had made a note to myself, uh, tell Steve to think about bringing Derek back on. So I, I think that's appropriate. Timing oh, in perfect. Yeah. Perfect. That's a confirmation so right there. I had to get, there's a, a good resonance there that you were already on it, but I was, I was feeling that too. It's important. It, it goes a little bit with even there's a theme the Lord has given me. You know, I wait on the Holy spirit. I always have, um, a lot of things he's been speaking to me, even things left over from previous weeks that we haven't covered and all that. So I just spent some time with him and, and the Holy spirit, uh, the verse he wanted prioritized is a verse out of, uh, second Kings. And we're going to tell that story a little bit. Second Kings chapter eight. And it says in verse 16, do not fear for those who are with us are more, more than those, those who are with them. We're going to yeah. go into that story in that context and tell a little story of my own. And then there's kind of an encouragement the Lord wants to give to everybody, but particularly those who are somewhat the unknown seers, the unknown prophets, the unknown intercessors. There's an unusual opportunity to do great damage to the kingdom of darkness right now. And so he really, he really wants to encourage that. And, you know, part of um, what I, want to consistently do because that's what i'm kind of under orders from the lord to do yeah. is keep what i consider it's the narrative he's telling me and the one he's saying is the proper narrative that's the storyline that we want to buy into again if you're in the wrong storyline you'll try to do the wrong things and you know you know if, if your storyline is we're in the, the the alamo remember the alamo and alamo is about fighting uh you know courageously but losing and so there's some that, okay, we fight courageously and lose. Then you're going to find a role. And as you're losing, you go, yeah, this is, this is what we're supposed to do. You know, just be bold about it while we lose. And, but that's a wrong movie script. That's the wrong script. If you were in first Samuel 17 and you're seeing how big Goliath was and you're like, wow, he's just too big for us. Definitely, we just need to sit back and wait for Jesus to return, for him to come from the sky and break through and and zap us out of here. And then this little guy, David, shows up who actually knows the narrative and is like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he has defied the armies of the living God? He operated to a different narrative. There wasn't waiting for Jesus to rescue us. It's Jesus in us, uh, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so he knew that. So it becomes all-encompassing in its importance to to stay on track with the narrative and um you know we're there's so many things going on we could stop and talk about them there's all these 
um, riots and manifestations. There's things going on in Israel, and that's part of a disclosure that will be good in the long, long haul, long term. And, and uh, you know, it's a lot of fog of war going on right now. I'm not going to go into that uh, right now. The Lord doesn't want me to go into trying to cover that more today. There are the millions that are uh, manifesting, protesting in France to the degree that King Charles the third king of England uh, had to cancel. He was told to cancel his coming to France because wow. they are not happy with President Macron. And so that's going on. Pakistan has hundreds of thousands that are protesting on behalf of a voice that's raised up there that they call the, the Pakistan Trump. And so this this dynamic is uh, going around the world. There's a lot of switching allegiances, Honduras. The nation of Honduras has just ended. Um, they broke ties with Taiwan and then started them with China. And we know that there's going to be a pressuring from China that goes around for this to, to be a repeat scenario. But there's going to be there's going to be a lot of movement. So the scripture really for us that applies to all of this is Haggai um, chapter two, when it talks about it's going to shake everything that can be shaken. So we're in a shaking. But the word from the Lord is it's. Uh, everything will keep shaking toward the good. And even if you go read Haggai 2, you'll find out it talks about the shaking and everything will be shaken. And, and, and you know, I don't have anything ter terribly profound to say, except that is so opposite of what most people on the earth, most Christians on the earth have ever been taught, that the more things are shaken, the better it gets. That was that was so opposite. And you were, you nailed that thing with the Alamo example. I hadn't heard you use that. But, yeah, that was our thing. We were going to fight and fight and fight until, until we had to flee to the mountains. And then once we fled, fled to the mountains, God would finish up whatever, and we'd take us all home, take the good guys home, and the bad guys would. would there was no winning. There was no winning. A horrible script. Yeah. In violation of what all the prophets of, all, of the Old Testament said, which were the prophets we are told in Acts 321 where to go by that Jesus is literally held in the heavens held from coming back until the restoration of all things spoken of by his servants the prophets and those prophets are the ones who spoke of a day when for instance Habakkuk saying in 214 the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the waters cover the sea and Isaiah unto us a son is given a child is born the government will be upon his shoulder the increase of his government there will be no end not to mention the main scriptures on another one or two i'll mention from daniel um moving forward and so that's why even haggai chapter two it talks about the shaking and it says the desire of the nations will come and that's where it goes minus the silver minus the gold there's a whole statement he will be making related to that so he's shaking everything that can be shaken you're seeing um, you know, nations reposition themselves internally and externally in their relationship with other nations as this shaking takes place. But it's going to head towards a progressive unveiling and revealing of who he is as the desire of the nations. And you have to we have to understand that he, uh, yes, in a way, through Jesus, he has been revealed as the desire of the nations in that kind of way. But there is going to be a much more uh, dramatic fulfillment of and the desire of the nations will come he is going to be seen in a much uh, more expressive way 
that he is the desire of the nations and that the silver and the gold is his. He has control of the economies. Big deal because they think they think they have control of the world economy. They think they're ruling and reigning with it. And there is a pulling out of the rug uh, from under them at this time that's taking place. And there's this whole timing of the Lord for, for where all this is going. Yeah. And we've, you know, it's worth uh, also quoting Hosea 6, uh, uh, chapter 6 and verse 2, where it says, after two days, he will revive us. And on the third day, he will raise us up that we may live before him. And a day is as a thousand years. A thousand years is as a day with the Lord. It doesn't mean it's, you know, exactly one one day is a thousand years, but as. And so it's a, he's just saying when he's making that statement after two days where he's saying after 2000 years, he will revive us. And we can see that uh, really towards the end of uh, 1900s, 1990s in there. There was a kingdom message that began to, to be trumpeted, and early 2000, it began to be trumpeted with a, a even a better clarity. The better clarity is what we'll call the Seven Mountain Mandate. Seven Mountain Mandate is about his practical rule and reign in every area of society, because if not, it's just uh, there was a trumpeting of the message. It began, I think, uh, it it probably has been there in some measure all along, but not enough even really to register on the Richter scale till the 80s. And then it was preached intensely, but it's preached sort of at a 30,000 foot level mm. where you don't really land it very well. So the seven mountain mandates where it begins to be landed. You no, know, it's like we're talking in arts entertainment. We're talking about in Hollywood. We're talking about the mountain of economy. We're talking in Wall Street. We're talking in governments. We're talking D.C. We're talking very specific. And there is a strategy that comes from him, how we have to rise and shine, that we have to showcase the kingdom, not just on weekends and not just in our uh, free times, you know, nights and weekends special meetings like that, but the nine to five window has to be operational for kingdom and it has to be where the kingdom is showcased. And so this is, this is a new thing. And so we're on the, we're in that, uh, you know, after 2000 years on the third day, something different happens. So we want to, it's, it's worth hanging there for a second revive, mm -hmm. you know, even, even in the natural, you revive something. What are those, those jaws? What do they call the jaws of life? Yeah, and jaws of life. Yeah. So there's a reviving of something. What gets revived is something that's either dead or near death. So that's that's what's been going on for 2,000 years. And so the church has been in survival and we'll say there's a near death, but there's moments of, <laughs> and we, we mm. you know make note of those revival. But what has changed now, and that's why we call it now the age and the era of the kingdom. But on the third day, he will raise us up. That means it's no more just jaws of life. <clears throat> survival um that's taking place he says that we may live in his sight that means where we represent him in a in a an explicit clear way we could uh, add the scripture that we frequently do isaiah 61 we are now oaks of righteousness the planting of the lord we're now rebuilding ruined cities generations of multiple generations that have been beaten down that's 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 now that's from here on you can say from 2000 on we're in that third year the third day the third millennia since jesus and so this is our storyline these are exciting days and um the kingdom being preached and the kingdom being revealed and being understood 
with more clarity than ever. And there's a progressive clarity to that coming. And so this is where I want to take us to second Kings uh, chapter eight, where this thing that the Lord said, I want uh, my sons and daughters to operate with no fear. Mm. So this is like the kingdom age is when and where we live knowing there are more with us than against us. Now, this has been challenging this time because this is a time we we've had the enemy's agenda exposed to us. You know, the 2030 agenda, New World Order agenda, the Bill Gates agenda of depopulation, where it's like it's just out there uh, in clear. uh, He's not even hiding it. He's not even attempting to be coy about it. And, and they've managed to take some some out, but I want to help us give get some perspective on it. But then there is, um, uh, well, we're just going to go to this story real briefly because there are aspects of it the Lord really wants highlighted uh, for right now. And, and um, we're going to start with verse 8 of 2 Kings chapter 6. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel, and he consulted with his servants, saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or twice, Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, none, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he said, go see where he is that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, surely he is in Dothan. Therefore, he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God rose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, and he said, Strike this people, I pray, with blindness. And he struck them with blindness, according to the word of Elisha. Wow. The story continues uh, from there for a moment. But we see the part that's even consistent and true today. The enemy has a plan. And he has an agenda. Whether you call it Israel or you take out the nations in general, it's fine. And who's going to stop him is a prophet. And literally, it's a seeing prophet, Elisha, who is being given intel from God. And so every time there is a plan to essentially annihilate Israel, or we could say a plan to annihilate the nations, which we have seen revealed and exposed over the last three years explicitly, we have the prophetic This is, in this case, it's Elijah the prophet. He tells the king of Judah, and he tells them, the king of Israel, uh, actually not the king of Judah, and he tells them, 
here's the plan. This is what they're wanting to do. And so it's to the point where the king of Syria just figures like, okay, we have some insider that's betraying us. We have some general that's telling the plans what's going on and saying, no, no, no. Um, there's, there's a prophetic, there's a prophet that's telling the plan. So your plan keeps getting short circuited. So he brings his entire army, horses and chariots and a great army. And they surrounded the city. They're coming for one prophet Hmm. coming for one person who can see the narrative back to the importance of the prevailing narrative. If you know the narrative, you operate in confidence. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. You're going to see if we had actually finished the story of Elisha, that he leads he leads the king of Syria into the very camp of Israel. And he doesn't pray for him to be able to see until he's in the midst of Samaria, surrounded by the king uh, of Israel and his men, where the king uses, so we should we kill him? No, 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 no. The Lord has given in your hand, just release him. And so and it turns out they get sent home and they never bother, or for all of Elisha's dates, the Syrians, his days, the Syrians don't bother anymore. Wow. But it was, <clears throat> uh, you can see the whole thing is, uh, well, I'll read verse 19. Now, Elisha said to them, this is after he makes them blind. This is not the way, nor is this the city. Follow me and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria. So you have a prophet totally at peace, in control. Um, this is as opposed to the prophet's servant, who at the time doesn't see. See, this is a problem. When you don't, this thing of not following the right narrative means you can't see. You can't see spiritually. We have a lot of God's people right now who can't see and haven't been able to see, which is why um, there's a lot of listening to what comes out on here on Elijah's streams in general, because they want to see, and that's, it speaks um, speaks well of what the Lord has done through uh, Elijah's stream here, Steve, is that mm. there is great value. There's a great following on, okay, what might be the Lord saying? Yeah. And, and so uh, apart from what the enemy is saying, what he's planning, but from Gehazi, from his servant standpoint, it's like, we're surrounded, you know, because that's what, alas, my master, what shall we do? And so can you imagine being right next to Elisha, and Elisha's just as calm as can be, and he's actually going to humorously almost lead them into a, a trap. And But his servant is uh, scared because he sees the enemy that's uh, surrounding them. And he just, you know, he, he sees, again, we'll just give application because it's easy to point fingers and think of it um, historically what took place in a different, but back to, okay, there are those of you who have seen the new, the NWO, the New World Order, the agenda, the Illuminati, all the things they are doing, the planning, even the new banking procedures that mm. they think bringing in that they're going to fail. I'll give that as a prophetic word. They will fail in their reset and what they're trying to do. The Bill Gates depopulation plan, the fake care of environment plan, the fake green, uh, every all this stuff. There are those of you, uh, you're very close to what where God is and what God is doing, and you're seeing this and you're like, oh, we're in deep trouble. What do we do? How do we get out of this? Can you imagine? Because it's really from human eyes, it does look like we're surrounded by a yeah. plan of the enemy. And yeah. that's just that's just the reality. That's why the Lord, that's why we had to give you the context. The Lord is saying, do not fear for those who are with us more are with us are more than those who are with them. And we see that when Elisha prays, then his eyes are opened and then he sees 
the hosts of heaven. The Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw the mountain, the mountain, the mountains were full of horses and chariots all around Elisha. Mm -hmm. So Elisha is guiding his life by being able to see that. So you live in a different dimension if you can see the correct narrative. So this, we hope we really land this thing we're talking about where we're bringing up narrative a lot of times. It's not a pretend storyline. It's the real storyline. It's what's actually taking place. It's back to why David could say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And he wasn't insulting him. He was like, he has no covenant with God. This is land given to us covenantally by Abraham. So he saw things in a different way. So he knew the battle is the Lord's. Mm -hmm. I come to you in the name of the Lord. So there is this type of um, comprehending the day that we're in. The Lord is really excited about as he raises up his seers. Mm. Uh, and, and you can be a seer at every level. You know, we have uh, there's the prophets and then there's the prophetic and then there's intercessors and then there's seers. And it really doesn't matter what your um, what your title or your name is. In fact, the Lord wanted me to share a, a personal a personal story that goes into this where I, I gave this specific word. Do not fear. And, and it, I couldn't believe the ramifications of having mm. said that, of what it did in the spirit realm wow. in a, in a pos positive way. And right before I go there, I want to point out that uh, where they find him and the city they surround is Dothan. Okay. And Dothan, uh, it wasn't Dothan, Alabama, for those who know about Dothan, Alabama. Mm. But um, it's, it's Dothan, really only mentioned, I think, one other time in the scriptures is when young Joseph went to check on his brothers. They were in Dothan. And he reported back to Jacob based on the fact that they weren't properly stewarding uh, the flocks there and they were goofing off. And, and so he reported on them and that's what changed everything mm. uh, for Joseph. There is a, a correlation enough so that there could be a whole study on Dothan. But Dothan means literally two wells. And so there's a couple ways to look at that. There's the prophetic always has um, access to another level of, of provision and and there, the enemy has his well and and then there's God's well this could be another way and we've been talking about how God's reset is what's going to impose at this time and that's what uh, the prophetic voices that are in alignment with him are supposed to be declaring and proclaiming and it makes a big it makes a big deal it makes a big difference and at the same time we're seeing a release of blindness on the enemy where he walks right into a trap while not knowing he's going to do that. And I believe that is what we're seeing taking place that um, the enemy, we know where we haven't even commented on the fact that, you know, Trump was supposedly supposed to be arrested last week. Yeah. Um, and we have the New York state uh, district attorney from, you know, very questionable area in New York city who's been targeting Trump for forever. And then, Trump comes out presenting some, um, we'll say some proofs about Michael Cohen and Stormy Daniels that kind of kills their whole, um, their whole vibe of what, you know, how they're going to arrest him. But there's no doubt they're still trying to arrest him and they may yet do it. And here's the deal. I'm actually, there's a part of me, you know, I think it's a year ago or so that I said, now, listen, don't be freaked out if President Trump uh, gets arrested. And, um, and so we've seen that either and we don't know if you see it, it's because they're attempting that or they will do it. If they do pull it off, it's going to back backfire so bad they will have been driven by because they're hearing they're even hearing from us the prophetic that this is going to happen. And I'm, I'm, I'm even right now telling whoever of them is listening, if you do it, it's going to go so bad for you. 
but they may yeah. be driven to do it anyway because that's just the nature. Well, I, I've wondered, uh, Johnny, on that one uh, topic, if they are not, if the players, this guy named Bragg and all the players, are, are they simply having to follow orders because they've been conscripted? This is what you will do. So we talk as though he's the evilest guy, Bragg, but maybe maybe he's not quite that bad, but he's he's being controlled and he has to do it. What are your thoughts on that? It's a possibility. You know, his name, it doesn't... Uh, yeah, it's kind of professional. Yeah. It's like, okay, pride goes before the fall. Yeah. So I was like, you know, is that part of you have Trump and then you have Bragg? These names that come out, you're like... Fascinating. Oh, yeah, they're fascinating. So God is storytelling. And so in his storytelling, he's like, we're getting to a really good part. We're getting to a really good part in the nations and in the nation. And it's going to look like if you don't know how to rise above, if you don't know how to see from his perspective, it can be really scary. And that's, again, uh, the servant, the young servant of, of Elisha. Until Elisha prayed for him and he said, Lord, help him see. He didn't need his natural eyes open anymore. So it's not like, no, I've studied it really well. I looked. It doesn't really. It's not about natural study. That wasn't he didn't need to go and, and check out more things. It was like he had to be raised up to see what's God doing, what's his storyline, what's his narrative. And so this is this is the big deal. And then there's uh, again, there's a really a valuing of, of the prophetic. And this was where it connects to um, my story. And the story I'm going to tell um, is when I was it's right around 40 years old. And so and I wasn't. And maybe I'll, I should have made that point after this, this story. Actually, I, I, I will. I already already said it. Yeah. So here's the story, and it's and it connects to all we're talking about. Um, back in 1998, um, the nations of Honduras and Nicaragua were um, just absolutely. Um, hit so so horribly by hurricane mm -hmm. mitch the devastation was tremendous and it came in through this area of tocoa through hio honduras cut across went into um mm. into a city of nicaragua uh chinandega an area of chinandega and actually it filled the cone of a volcano there in chinandega really really i didn't know it could do that well and it caused a landslide a mile and a white so it filled up and then it caused the cone of the volcano to landslide a mile and a half wide, all the way to the sea, all the Dude. way to the ocean. Wow. And in that, um, we had uh, two pastors end up coming to a conference I was doing in, in Costa Rica. Um, actually, three pastors, one from Honduras, who's Pastor Elio, and then these other two pastors from um, Nicaragua. And they were like in PTSD mode. They were just days after um, they had been devastated. Um, there's a, a neat story from the pastor in Honduras, how he had obeyed the Lord had, had told them to spend all the money from a church about a month before he had said, take all the money you have and buy food. And so is, you know, he was opposed by his elders, but he had heard it so clearly. And so he bought all the food he could, and he ended up feeding the whole region for a month um, after they were that hurricane Mitch had separated them from the rest of, uh, the nation. And, and so, um, but the pastor, Pastor Carlos from, uh, this is a, a, a pastor from um, Chinandega, who's only 28 years old. He had gone into town with his wife, and they were on the outskirts of Chinandega. 
but they actually had a prayer meeting going on with um, 80 or 90 percent of their church in it the moment they heard this boom and so the landslide came down took out the entire church took out his whole church oh, took out his parents um as well so when he came mm. in uh, to a meeting you know a couple few weeks later in costa rica um he and another pastor they're both just in ptsd mode and uh because it was just it was just too much yeah. and um and so we we had gone and visited there and um and prayed with them and prayed for uh you know walked the land with them and prayed that god would do something great uh there would be he would get the last word in here and kind of this wasn't even what i was planning on on telling about but there's just a great friend of mine elizabeth and ours uh britain audrey hancock and they are uh, audrey was roommate with elizabeth in college and and um we just been real close for a long time but we helped uh, years ago make a connection with them uh in nicaragua and out of that connection they end up just last week having a a huge a uh, pretty big evangelistical crusade in the open open air in Chinandega, that very area. And it's 65,000, 65,000 people came, thousands came to the Lord. And, and we were like, this is amazing how the Lord does things and puts things together. That's just some extra thing. Just good news. One of the, they're having uh, amazing, huge meetings all throughout uh, Nicaragua. The Lord is just absolutely breaking out through the Holy Spirit in many nations um, uh, right now. But back to the story. So this is back 1998 when the, when all this happened. So this is where I met this Pastor Elio um, from from Honduras. And so he contacts me sometime later and he calls me. He says, Johnny, he says, we just need you to pray for us. The Witch Doctors Association of the Tocoa Trujillo area have just come and they um, they knocked on the door of the president of the pastors association. They said, "We are shutting all of you down. Leave now." And um, immediately they felt they felt the spirit shut down on all their uh, their meetings everywhere. All the there's 60 churches there. And um, not only that, they had two of the uh, the pastors were in accidents that week that were they were killed and died. And, and he was explaining to me, this is why that Hurricane Mitch is Im important. He says, this Central American Witch Doctors Association, Gee. they even took credit. They, they met in Tocoa Trujillo um, right before um, Hurricane Mitch came through. And they released that storm as, uh, in its uh, destruction as part of their, their price they pay. They have to give blood and sell, sell out the enemy in different ways. And so... Thousands were, were killed, you know, thousands and thousands in both both nations. And so this witch doctor association had come together. And so they were, you know, boasting and bragging on their power and what they had done. And so Elio's telling me this story. And as he's he's telling me that he's like, you know, the pastors association, they've not really taken kindly to me because I wear blue jeans. And so kind of the religious vibe of that city was he was too. I mean, that wasn't religious enough. You know, he had he had come to the states for some time, and and so mm. you know there was a powerful religious spirit that yeah. was that was wow. there. So as he's telling me this, and he's like, "Pray for us." I, I interrupt him. I said, "Elio, I have one thing to tell you, and give this message to the pastors." The Lord says, "Do not fear this very this very word," and um, um so 
he calls me the next day, said, I met with the pastors and I told them your word, do not fear. And he says, it's so, he says, they've been in so much fear um, and they felt their churches all shut down. They said, would you come, would you come and have a meeting with them? And they'll gather all 60 of the churches. We'll get a little stadium here. And, and, and long story short, um, I found myself like, wow, just do not fear was, uh, uh, you know, Im impacted this much. So uh, next thing you know, I'm down in Tokoa, Honduras, and they have a, a, a stadium of thousands are there. 60 churches have all um, uh, have, have all gathered for unity. And, and um, you know, we're going to get this thing broken. Well, I've got um, really just... Um, one thing the Lord's told me to do He's he's actually told me to give a warning to the witch doctors association. I'm supposed to blow the shofar and it was Deuteronomy 28, 28. Um, let's see if I have it written here in, in, in front of me, Deuteronomy 28, 28. Let's see. I know I have this somewhere. Yeah. Deuteronomy 28, the Lord will strike you with blindness and madness, Ooh. confusion of heart. So I'm speaking there that night. They have a worship time. I stand up and I have my shofar. And I said, the first thing I want to do before we get any further is like, I have a word for the witch doctors association. And I said, I know you're here. I know you can hear you. Actually, we, it was very loud and, and it was going open air. Into oh, wow. <laughs> but we, were, we were right by the, the city and, and it was open air there. And so I knew they could hear. <clears throat> and I said, you have seven days. I said, by command of the Lord, you have seven days either to repent. You can repent in this meeting at the end of this meeting. Um, or you will leave the city. You will leave the city or repent or starting in seven days, you will go physically blind. Whoa. And I released that on you now. And then I blew the shofar and it was like angels got behind it because I don't have that much air in my lungs and it just went and went and went and went and went. And I, you know, the people exploded in the full all out praise and, and worship. It was like something broke um, in the spirit clearly. And again, the, the we'll say the ramifications uh, reverberations of, of what took place after this meeting is all pastors confirmed that, spirit was moving well in their meetings from then on Jeez. no other accidents nobody else died the witches associate the witch doctors association disappeared they were gone and so they chose we don't know if somebody got blind or not but they were gone they were no longer the enemy that whole region Toko and Trujillo if you would use read the travel books from probably you could still find them now the late, late 1990s they would tell you Honduras the areas to be careful of and they they specifically noted the trujillo tocoa area as being the most dangerous area don't go there if you're a tourist it's the most dangerous area in honduras well i don't know if it's within five years or ten years you could read those same books and you will they will tell you it actually literally came out in some uh, i don't remember if it's one of those books or they're local that the safest area in honduras was the Tocoa Trujillo. Oh, man. Wow. And so the, and, and here's, here's the, the point I'm going with. I was, um, you know, I was somebody who is like Elisha. I could see something different. Yeah. And, and I was in obedience 
and, and but this is where the Lord really wants this word to go out to. You don't have to be young, a, a young prophetic, young intercessor, young seer. But it just means if you're a nameless, faceless one, that you're not famous, not known. I wasn't, uh, you know, my little, I had little circles where they knew who I was, but I wasn't, you know, uh, I wasn't known. It was early in my processing even of, of prophesying. And I didn't go there and say, I'm a prophet of God and I'm releasing. I just like, here's a word I've heard from God and I'm releasing and saying it. And the rest, he did it. That's what I'm saying now. This was, I was 40 years, 40 years old. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. And so it was um, it was something the Lord jumped on. Just having heard when I'm I'm hearing, do not fear. The power of do not fear, and then the Lord getting behind it. And so application for us, Steve, is for the, those listening right now, this is such a time for, for these that are willing to see from God's perspective, to not worry about if you're known or not known. There are some things that maybe nobody else is going to know, find out. This is probably the largest audience who's ever found out about this thing that happened uh, to over 20 years ago. And so this is probably the largest audience, and it wasn't used to build not my platform or any kind of thing. Sure, right. It's just me being obedient and doing what the Lord says. And he wants to give some major victories, some big victories um, right now. And it's and it's not about titles. You know, it's it's the hardest thing to be right now is a prophet who's known because yeah. there's so much pressure and there's so much uh, uh, targeting by the enemy. Um, I, that's part of I was asked somewhere where I was teaching on the prophetic. What is the number one, uh, you know, what, number one um advice wisdom you would give to to young prophets unknown prophets and i was like enjoy the anonymity oh that's good yeah because once once you're known and targeted it gets so much harder there's people trying to you know if the word didn't get fulfilled within a week it's like they want they're ready to call you a Mm -hmm. false prophet and 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 so the war is intense it's like when 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 you're nameless faceless you just go around and you just say what he says and you don't worry about it. And that's how I operated, um, you know, better than 20 years. It's just recklessly, ruthlessly, I say recklessly, but it's just obedient, 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 just do it. And that's what I have. We have some of the most amazing stories. I have to be so much more careful now because there's going to be a scrutinization and there's going to be a demand of, aren't you going to apologize for that word if it didn't happen already when I know it's still happening in process like the thing we're talking yeah, about? Or it right didn't now. happen the way they thought it would, even though it, it could obviously have happened, but it wasn't the way they expected it. So it, it was false, yeah, that kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, that's a, a key part I wanted to yeah. tell as it, as it related. And I do really believe that it, it's the Lord is striking the enemy with blindness and it's even the prophetic, those who are seeing in alignment with the Lord and declaring his intentions for this time, for this nation and for the world and declaring the hope of the Lord, not because we're just trying to be hopeful out of, uh, you know, being Pollyanna, but because we're in alignment with what he's doing, what he's saying. We understand his narrative. So we see things differently, that there is a blindness that's coming. And I even declare this even over the air right now. There's an increased blindness on the new world order, the deep state, these that think they run things, they are being led into the biggest trap, embarrassing trap, shameful trap, uh, uh, one that's going to uh, also head them towards gallows. 
And, wow. and so this is something that's taking place. And so there is a tension towards, uh, again, it's, it's not so much that the, it's, it is the prophets, but it's th- those who can see, those who can see what he's doing. Because that's why you want to be a prophet, because you become a friend of his and he tells you things. So you don't have to be like the servant of Elisha that's, oh, my goodness, look what they're doing. You have a different source. And so you can begin to speak out of that source and change outcomes at a massive way. One guy here, one seer who said, don't fear. And then he delivered the whole nation from an entire army. And not just for that round, but they just like, let's just not go back there. Uh, They decided not to go back as long as there is a prophetic viewer, one who can see what's taking place in the city. So that's incredible. incredible. And can I ask you a question about that? You obviously were full of faith when you said that, do not fear and and when they invited you, they must have felt like there was something in it or they wouldn't have invited you. Did Were they, um, how do I ask you, were they required also to become fearless for this to have happened? Or could, would it have happened just with your own? What, what's your thoughts on that? Well, that's a good question because this is part of the process of the prophetic that is very underrated, underrated underreported, and is very important. Most of the the great things that God has done in places that I've spoken, and we've told some about Peru and meeting with mayors and prophesying amazing things, and they happen, is there being a response of faith um, from them? So it's not really there's there's a part I'm supposed to say, but you know it's like I I speak to this mayor in Peru and I say there's going to be gold mine, silver mine, all these things, and he's like, wow, I'm going to give you the keys to the city. I'm called naming you an illustrious guest of the city, putting it in city hall. He did that before it happened. So there's a response of faith that takes that takes place. Something at the time he wasn't even a believer, but something in him said, that's God. And so when they heard, do not fear, something in them said, that's God. And so they were clearly, I say nine tenths into victory just before I got there, I could feel, I mean, the we're in this stadium. The unity and everything they had stepped into was um, unprecedented wow. uh, for, for this area. There had been no unity, and it was absolute unity because of what the enemy had done and because someone had said, don't That's fear. Crazy. They That's rallied crazy. around. crazy. Johnny, that is just, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here listening and being quiet and not interrupting, of course, but I mean, this story you have to back up at the 30,000 foot level, like you said, and like all you said was do not fear. And that brought unity among they the rallied around. That's crazy. crazy. And so this, this pastor that had served in this city, I think for, I don't, I don't remember, it was 10 or 20 years, Pastor Elio, and he was not allowed to come to the pastor's association. He was not recognized. He was never invited. He was, I told he wasn't welcome there. But after this event, he was made president of the pastor's association. <laughs> there was, uh, you know, they didn't care about his blue jeans anymore because I showed up in blue jeans and a T-shirt. But I brought a shofar and, <laughs> and some courage from heaven as well. And so that gets. Did you literally speak to all those pastors in blue jeans and a T-shirt? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. My so- T-shirt, yellow T-shirt said Team Jesus. And um, wow, and and that that was it. But That's there was so completely instructive. 
you know, but you know, Jesus said, take no thought for what you wear, you know, just wear something, I guess, you know, that's And crazy. I even knew that they had trouble with the blue jeans there. And that's yeah. still all I wore my entire time down there. <clears throat> um, so that's Man. how the Lord, you know, he's working all kinds of things. And then it, it, it turns into this region being considered the safest region. Um, and you know, for a time, the enemy never stops doing what he's doing. So the sons and daughters of the king have to keep insisting what they're doing. That's why it is an instructive word. And, and I do believe it's why the Lord wanted me to share that this is to go viral in courage and releasing courage, because you can see, no, the problem is, oh, my goodness, you have all the witch doctors and unity coming against you. They've already released Hurricane Mitch and they've damaged and destroyed two nations with it. And they're like, wow, the power they have and. Uh, and it was for all Central and South American nations. This is where they gathered and they're dispersed. And best I know, they've never returned to to gather again in this area. They considered it a key area where to release. In fact, it was where it's because it's where Christopher Columbus landed. Okay. Uh, the oh. of America. Honduras means the depths. And so Christopher Columbus said the waters here are so deep. So they named it Honduras. And so. Part of a second stage the Lord had me do is they had a military base from Honduras there. And the captain of the military base, um, Elio, my pastor, the pastor friend, I left there conversations with him and says, this area needs to be rededicated to the Lord. And so from this point, because even the witch doctors know this is a key point. This is where Hurricane Mitch came in. This is where Columbus named it. So I went. And we went out to the waters and with the commander, that was another another trip. Again, while I'm unknown and we we put something in the ground, we declare, we blow the shofar. We say we dedicate this and uh, to uh, we do a proper dedication because uh, there is the dedication of um, uh, that Columbus did. He dedicated it to the Catholic Church. And we like we dedicate this to God and we dedicate it to his kingdom. And then we commanded that the very the very strip where Mitch came and devastated Honduras and where it devastated um, Nicaragua, that strip would be one that experiences the winds of God and that there would be um, revival and there would be a visitation of the Lord. And so we've heard that's taken place. Can well. I ask you also a question about, because uh, you and I have talked about the seven mountains taking over one of the seven mountains or a combination of them. And then we've talked about, you and I have talked at our home about decreeing a thing. It'll be establishing or trying to look for the mix of that. You're, you're involved in a mix of that. You went, you put boots on the ground. That's one part of it. You went to the mountain of religion, I think, if you had to put it. But, but you were decreeing things. And you're talk, you said a minute ago about decreeing things. So there's a Talk about the mix of decreeing things in, in private when no one's even looking versus boots on the ground. I mean, you and I have processed this quite a bit. No, it is, and it is something uh, very worthwhile revisiting because there is, um, there is such a combination of, of decreeing and doing that takes, that takes place. And so, um, you know, there's an aspect of, of the seven mountains that really emphasizes boots on the ground. And, um, you know, Joshua was told everywhere the sole of your feet touch, that is what I've given you. Not just everywhere you could declare and decree when you're in the wilderness, but everywhere boots on the ground goes. Application for us, you know, if you want God to show up in government, um, you have to show up in government. Yeah. So there's part of it. I'm declaring, declaring it, but I didn't 
see, part of it is this. It didn't work for me to blow the shofar and declare it from my home in Atlanta, Georgia. I see. I had, okay. to, go, I had to go to the site. Okay. There is, there is a release from that. And furthermore, the rededication of the nation of, um, of, of Honduras from that standpoint, there was, who was the authority? The authority of that territorial region, boots on the ground, was the commander. And he's one that was willing to make, join me in making, and he, he had to, we repeated the same thing. He declared, and I said, you're the th authority here, actually. You say, I dedicate this nation. He now dedicated with, I was more, we'll say the prophetic directive for it. Oh, wow. he, did, yeah. he, he is now doing, he, so it's boots on the ground. I'm literally on the mountain of government. See, yeah. I'm in the mountain of government there. And so this is how this thing works. You know, if you can't go somewhere, it's not that prayer doesn't work unless you're right there. But there is clearly, uh, we'll say, the principle of um, how close you can be to something, Pro the yeah. principle of proximity. And it, when you're when you're right there, you can uh, you can uh, accomplish more. But we have this. I don't know if I brought it up here, but it's worth saying because we can do it real quickly. We have the example for the children of Israel when they're going to the promised land. There's a battle with the Amalekites, and it says, you know, Moses and this and Aaron, the sons of her, go to the top of the mountain, and it says, you know, they're battling in the valley, and as long as Moses has his hands raised, they're winning. And so if his hands are down, you're like, how? Wow, that big a deal? Keep Moses' hands up, down, you win or lose, and and. That's one aspect of it that kind of validates the fact that it's a spiritual battle, what you can decree, what you can declare. And he's saying, God, you're above this all. But the part that's not said, you just have to figure it out, is like if Joshua is not in the battle, he's not actually battling in the valley. If he's not there, boots on the ground, Moses is just exercising. See, so there is this way we have to do it. So application Joshua with the men of war are in the seven mountains, but we want to have the decrees, declarations. And we that's want really good. That's a, that's the best explanation of all of that of that mix that I've ever heard. That's a really good one because people say, well, see, as long as Moses had his hands, which, by the way, there was nothing in any scripture or instruction before or since that as long as you stand up on a mountain and do this and, you you know, but he, somehow he knew he was supposed to do that. And and her, I think her and the other one, I can't remember his name. Sons, yeah. Son, and they knew they had to hold 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 his hands up. I don't know where they knew that. And then Joshua uh, somehow was knew that, and whoever I guess Moses wrote this knew that uh, if Moses had his hands up, he would he could fight all the harder. It's a really interesting mix, and everybody's sort of doing their part, um, and somehow understanding in the moment, I guess, that their part was important. And it's important that we 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 learn to coordinate these things together. Yeah. Back to the unforgettable story of David and Goliath. He couldn't take Goliath down by staying in his father's house and praying intensely. He couldn't just decree and declare from there. It had to be in proximity. He had yeah. to be looking at him face to face. I come to you in the name of the Lord, whose name you have offended by your declarations. You're up against the Lord of hosts. So he was, it's a declaration, but it's a declaration with proximity. There's a whole proximity component we have to learn um, uh, to mix in better. And it's, again, it's valuable uh, to do what you can do if you can't be in the proximity, but it's changed 
everything for me. When I'm in the presence of political leaders and I give uh, a decree or something about their nation, it's amazing how quick it happens and how quickly it takes place. And that is one of the things I learned. It's one thing to have faith and you're in a prayer meeting and you're all with friendly people. And I believe the Lord's going to do this. I'm not saying don't do it, but it's how different it is. It's been a, you know, when I'm with mayors and presidents and tell them things that are going to take place in their nation and how quickly it happens. There's something about someone boots on the ground authority. And even though we'll say they're not kingdom guys in general, but it's because the kingdom guys are, you know, trying to escape. Uh, I say that's been the, the old story. I say escape. They're like, OK, let's get some people saved while we prepare to abandon the planet. So the only people God has to use is whoever's there. People like, why yeah. did God use Cyrus? Why was Cyrus wasn't even a believer? And he was like, he obeyed other gods and all that. Because there was no other candidate. Um, uh, and that's, that becomes an application for us. And so we need to start filling the mountains and filling uh, the vacuums totally. with sons and daughters. You literally, and that's what the Lord taught me early on in this process, is that when you understand the narrative, you literally carry number one authority in heaven there. So even I, I became fearless to meet with presidents and generals and highest anywhere I go, because I was like, nobody in this sphere, I would instantly recognize nobody in this sphere understands what's going on right now. So whoever sees and understands like Elisha, he's toying with the king of Syria because he can see. And when you can see and when you see from his perspective and his narrative, it changes everything. You become the number one authority based on what you can see there's that's kind of goes in the new testament it talks about entering the kingdom but it says kind of the precursor to entering the kingdom is seeing the kingdom so you can't enter into that which you can't see um and so it's it's part yeah. of this this valuing of uh of of seeing uh, his perspective from the higher view not being distracted by looks what looks like the obvious narrative of the moment I want to uh, make a comment, too, on the, the fact that, okay, you're describing times when you declared there's going to be a new gold mine and these things are going to be discovered. There's a lot of stories you've already shared in the past. You enter with this confidence. Things are happening. But even with all of that and your understanding that you're seeing things that everyone else in the room is not seeing, there's still moments where you say, if I declare something, it's not going to happen. But you're the, you're the authority. You need to say this. And it will happen. I mean, what? How do you know the difference? Well, you know, how do you know what you're just supposed to declare? And what do you need to find the person with authority? If, I know that's there's not a simple answer, probably, but well, mainly, especially when you're like I had nobody disciple or train me in all this. I, yeah. I kept thinking everywhere I'm going, I was like, I've never even heard of anybody doing this. I'd go back <laughs> and think of all you know, whether it's the John Wesleys and all the whoever we could go back and I won't just name all the famous people. Uh, whether it's, you know, somebody who could pray a lot. I was like, I've never heard of anybody doing what I do. That was just what I kept saying. And uh, to myself even. And so there was, uh, it's more, I, I, I taught myself in hindsight, looking back on how the Holy Spirit led the interaction. But I noted that when I prophesied something good over a leader in his area, in his city, his region, if there was something that responded from him, well, number one, there's a blessing just because, he wanted me there. Yeah. And he allowed me. There was something. So there was an honoring of his authority that that that's taking place. Like I said, there's a 
the mayor of the city is like, I want to give you the keys to the city. And so I give a prophetic word. He gives me the keys of the city and he's the mayor of the city from heaven. They're like mm, alignment. That's this is it. You know, here's he's, he's the guy that's uh, supposed to be there. And he's he's agreed. I remember another mayor of um, I may have brought this up a large district, but it comes to me in Lima because this really surprised me. So Lima is a city of about 10 million. They, they have districts or little squares of 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 the city. And, and the mayor had asked for me to um, meet with him. And first thing he says, Johnny, come with come with me. So he had heard something about about me, something about blessing following me. That's all I know. I don't even yeah. know. I'm, I would I would go like, how do they know to ask me for for that? Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Now back to the show. And so um, he takes me to the second story of a building near the mayor's office. And he says, Johnny, look around. He says, do you see? my uh, and he told me his district and 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 he pointed it all out and it was easy to see because there was like nothing over second story and he's like do you see over there son you see it mira flores we look over there and it's like high rise high rise high rise he's like for some reason this we're right beside them all nobody will come do business we are the poorest this and he just over and over the poverty and and why and he doesn't understand while nothing nothing has happened yeah. there and i just like and I just listened to the Lord and I said, well, all that changes today. And I said, I declare from this moment on, there is a magnet of God that he's placing right here because Goodness. you've asked. And I said, Jeez. because you've asked for help, he's putting a magnet on this place. It's coming from all over. I'm going to blow the shofar. Uh, so you got to be ready to with your jeans and T-shirt. Not that you had to do it. But that was jeans, T-shirt and a shofar there as well. And and um, not an internationally known prophet. And so, and just, you know, maybe been 45 then. And so I, uh, um, I had him there, blew the, and he gave me some, all kinds of these, these, uh, I don't know if I got a keys to the city. I have so many of them all over. I don't even know what (laughs) awards and different things. And so I was back two years later. Um, the pastor that had taken me, there's Johnny, the mayor really wants to meet, meet you. And he's like, you just won't believe what's happened to city. And I was like, Unfortunately, I was meeting with the president and the generals and um, ones that were like a mayor. I didn't have enough time for the mayor. Yeah. And so, um, um, so he told me all the change, and then it was like five years later. I the, the pastor said, "Johnny, you just have to see." And so we went in there, and there's high rise everywhere, all Gee. over the place. Five major businesses, international businesses. Uh, production of cars and it was now known as business center oh my uh, goodness and, and i was like whoa <laughs> and it goes back to this thing the power of one the yeah. power of seeing his storyline the power of sears the power of the prophetic and and there is i think you even kind of drawing that out of me is important because this is what the holy spirit is saying right now he's not this is not about uh i already have too much fame. Yeah. Uh, so, so we, I don't need more. This is like, this is, I, there's a point I'm making. Like, this is when I wasn't known. I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't have a ministry. I, I didn't have social media at all. Um, and, and so I was a paint contractor and I was, I, I wasn't even pastoring a church at the, at this time. And I, I brought teams. We just, yeah, we would put uh, yellow shirts that said team Jesus and blue jeans and weird signs and wonders all over the place. And just, 
I couldn't stop and overthink it. And I was just go from this would be like one of those type of meetings after another, after another, after another in city and nation all over the place. And then we come back and they're like, you never believe what happened. That this place blew up. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> and so this is what God wants to do right now. He wants to showcase his presence and power, his capabilities through his sons and daughters. And it's easier to do it again, Mike, back to where we were before. Like, take advantage of anonymity. You want to be, so I was known enough that the word had gotten around through political leaders or whatever. Get him to come and see what he's saying and say it because it'll turn something around. And again, um, part of that's a documentary coming out shortly from us is how Peru went from being uh, a nation of 90% extreme poverty rate forever. From when I was born there, I was born in Peru yeah, for decades and decades, Peru known by poverty. And, and it went from 90% to 2.4%. And we won't take exclusively credit for it, but it's basically we went around seeing and declaring and it changed north, south, east, west, enough where six members of Congress called me in and gave me my last time in Peru uh, a diploma of honor. And the diploma of honor is not because I fed the poor, not because I did, not that I didn't want to do that, but it's not because I had large crusades. It's like, I declared things that seemed irrational, unbelievable, and they happened. And so, but, but, I, go ahead. Well, no, I was going to ask Johnny, um, like I know at least two or three others, not two, and another one will come to me, that they're doing, they say the things that you're saying. They'll say, I don't know, I, I'm always finding myself prophesying before presidents and prime ministers and going, how do you guys do this? And I'm thinking of you and this guy and this, there's, there's two others I can think by name. And going, how does this happen? It's not like known in the news that these prophets are going to kings and prime ministers and mayors. Um, so to me, I'm going to just use the term. They're like uh, Johnny Enlow's too. There's Johnny Enlow of Peru and these nations. And there's this guy that's doing it. And um, do you think there's a whole lot of this going on on the earth right now? I think there there are, and I think this is what the Lord wants reproduced to encourage those that are doing it. And there's probably so many that disqualify themselves. Like, well, if I really was, an easy thing for me to say is like, whoo, I need I need to be careful about this. You know, I'm telling you, wisdom would say you're going to take on the witches' association of Central America, witch doctors' association, mm. like. You, you better get yourself 2,000 intercessors. There's probably all kinds of rules of safety. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't, I didn't have those. And it, but I wasn't ruthless. I didn't take on the principalities. Yeah. Uh, I, I've learned uh, how to hide myself in the Lord, how to work with the angels. I always would go around and part of seeing, I was like, Lord, who are the angels? What are they that are available? Because once I know the enemy stuff, I'm like, who's available on our side? And so that's that would be my intel is to find out who's on our side. And then, you know, there is a part of coming. There is a basic protection by being that coming in low, uh, coming in. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's uh, good. You know, you, you over announce yourself. I, I found that out wherever I got to over announce myself and get too big of a crowd. The enemy had too much time as well to garner his forces and counters. And like he's just I think he scratches as like this guy can't be can't be getting away with this. Um, he's not even announcing it. There's not a big, and it's like, it would just happen. So even that was an important statement right now, because this is what the Lord wants reproduced, not just in this nation, around the nations of the world. He's ready to work with you at that level. And you do not need to have been 
confirmed, um, you know, by any big name. And that that's it. You know, it's it's great. It's great when somebody says and so and so laid hands on me. I fell and and shook for three hours. But guess who else sees when you shook when you shake and fall for three hours and somebody tells you, I say you're the apostle of God and they the enemy, the enemy sees it all. It's such it's so good to just know who you are and not have to have a lot of that fanfare happen around you, a lot of smoke that gathers attention. Just think militarily. Yeah. If you're raising up a big stink, then you're you're seen. What can you do to stay under radar and still be powerful for the kingdom of God? You know, I, I want to ask you a question that you when you went by and I thought and you were reading that scripture about, you know, the guy was saying, you know, when this is Elisha's thing, he sees what the king is doing in his bedchambers. And and I'm going is I'm asking myself, was he like a Johnny Enlow? How did he know that Elisha sees what he sees with the king's doing in his bedchambers? How does who told him? You know, because Elisha <laughs> didn't tell him that. So I'm thinking that would be the equivalent. I wondered if he was appointed by God to tell him that. You know, like another person. That is that appointed. is an interesting. Uh, isolation of it's that verse 12 there it says and yeah. one of his servants said none my lord O king but elisha the prophet who is in israel tells the king of israel the words that you speak in your bedroom so he had one of his servants <coughs> had to be a prophet himself had to be prophetic even from the enemy side like yeah that dude elisha is seeing he's got his listening device right now on us you know it's like we worry about who's listening in. Elisha could do, and and um, I don't I don't think either one. I for sure did not have the gifting of Elisha. I've never have. I just had to get over that at some point. It's like I did not. I was not listening in and and in the spirit and or see with my physical eyes what he was seeing in his physical eyes. My gift, my primary gift, has been a gift of faith, and 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 so um, and in that. If I and I, I understand some battle tactics that whatever is too clear and too announced has been too uh, too clear from God. Like if you operate on an audible word from God, uh, the problem is big resistance from that. So you want to get just like he just snuck it in and you barely heard it, and you want to move on that because the enemy doesn't even have time to counter. If you get something super confirmed audible multiple times the prophets confirmed it let's go and you're like man the opposition we're getting enemy is listening in as well you have to think battle you have to think battle strategy so i learned from the lord years ago even following what's in scripture uh, you know because there was a part of me i'm like i don't hear god and i expected to hear for those of you who don't know that 99 percent of hearing from god is not audible and and then those uh, you know, the people that were most befuddled, they come up to me, Profeta, can you tell me? And they would tell me an audible voice that they heard, and God said this. Then it was just amazing how uh, uh, you would think if you hear audibly from God, it means there's no mystery to it. But whenever he speaks audibly, you can almost expect the worst. Um, Backlash, uh, right? It's like Abraham. We're saying, you know, Abraham, it's not even just he heard audibly. The Lord himself visits Abraham takes a walk with him, points out the stars, points yeah. out the sand, says, Abraham, your descendants will be like the stars in number, like the sand of the sea in number. And then 25 years goes by and there's not one sand. There's not one star. There is nothing. 
to the point where he and his wife, especially his wife, are laughing over when the promises retold them. And he's like having the like, how would that be? It's like, man, if I could just get an audible voice from the Lord. Oh, and tell man. You, you do not want an audible voice. No, I, and I, I think it was John Wimmer's and Pepper, those who used to point that out. But I mean, I would have thought the enemy would have backed off. Oh, God has spoken. I heard it with my own ears. And and it's like, yeah, the audible voice is almost guaranteed warfare off the chart. That's what I've, I've heard that years ago, but you're confirming that. It's crazy. You know, in Samuel, little Samuel, um, he's hearing the audible voice of God as a child. And it's like, was you know, he has to hear it several times before Elijah tells him, say, speak, Lord, thy servant hears. So he's hearing audible. You find out, you know, the prophetic gift, according to the New Testament, says, let each prophesy according, not to his gift, according to his faith. His faith. So I've had friends that are seeing um, open visions. I, I was, I, there's a person that comes to mind. I will not say his name because uh, it would not be good for him. But this person, his prophetic gift was way beyond mine. And he would, he's, man, the things I am getting. And he tells me this open vision and, and he gets through describing it. And then he goes, but, but I don't know. Oh, goes, no. I don't know. Like, you know, I'm like, what? I, you don't want to go. You yeah. don't know you're seeing that clearly. I was like, man, if people I get fumes from God on something and I run with it. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's that's so, so, so key. And I I've told this before uh, a couple of rare times ago, but uh, I did a conference with John Paul Jackson probably 15, 20 years ago, a long time ago. And I watched him call out people and to the last person he named these specific deals with God saying, we're going to eat late at night, just he and I. And I said, John Paul, what's. What percentage of the people you called out tonight did you absolutely see every detail? And which percentage did you did you prophesy by faith? He says it's about 50-50. 50% I absolutely see. The other 50% I'm prophesying by faith. And wait a minute, you're, you're the great John Paul Jackson, but that was that's very instructive. So I don't know what's your combination. I you way way worse than that. Yeah. Um, it's. It, and, and to the degree, you know, I have to ask John Paul Jackson. Um, he also gave me a, a life-changing, powerful word. Um, and so um, many years ago, and I would think that his gifting would be way, way stronger than mine in seeing, but maybe not in in faith. Um, I'm not not knocking his faith at no, all. No, not at all. That, that was, mine would be more 90-10. Rather than 50-50, even though there becomes the more you do something, there is a recognition of um, that's what's that's what's uh, helpful is it's like as I was going to these places and meeting with these leaders and I said, this is going to be discovered here. Now, and first time I think I've shared it like with the mayor when I first did it in 1998, a mayor of a city and telling them all the things are going to be discovered in my mind. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, it's a good thing. This is far, small, remote. I better never come here. I cannot believe what I have just promised. And um, and so and then it all happened within 18 months and it was massive. And so then there's, you know, parades and stuff. And and then I get taken to 10 surrounding cities. But after it's like that voice, it was because it, it it lacked. It was not angels descending from heaven. It was not an open vision. It was it was I'm, I'm and it's like you can say in my mind's eye, there's just a picture that that yeah. comes. And then there's a faith that that um, uh, 
that comes from inside. And often it's when I would hear it, you know, something's barely there and I say it and I go, oh, that is true. It's like when I would hear my own voice, yeah. I would know. And then I would say it stronger uh, because it sounded like. Um, well, well, and you, I want to. I don't want to miss the something you said a minute or two ago because you said it and I didn't key on it right away, but I heard it, and you said something like, "My goodness, I prophesy sometimes with I'm only seeing fumes on something." Is that what you said? And, and talk, you did kind of just describe something a minute ago, but you mean you're just bare. You may just barely have an impression or a bare. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I, I'll, and the example will be good again because it's real quick and I've told it told it before, but it's back. I'm, I guess I'm probably there because I'm back to Pastor Elio from Honduras because we're on the same trip and we're driving in his Jeep. He's driving. I'm reading the local newspaper and I would do that partially back in those days. I used to love newspapers, and but it, I would also when I would go somewhere, a city or town, I would just this prophetic recognition where he would. And I would I would read a headline and, and the Lord would like be on it. So I'm like second, third page and down at the bottom there. It, it, it talks about this. Um, I don't I think it was a businessman at the time, but his name was Maduro. And so M-A-D-U-R. It's not the Maduro who's president of, of Venezuela um, right now. Okay. But it was um, this was uh, Ricardo Maduro. And so I'm reading the newspaper and I get this, this picture. I've told it before, but I'll say it again because it's maybe a couple of years ago. The picture I got is of a stock of bananas. So I grew up in Peru, South America, and we frequently, even I had to carry stocks of bananas. You know, you cut them off. And so they have all the, all the bananas on them. Generally at the grocery store, you just get one piece of it. But if you can imagine all of them. And even in Peru, the word Maduro means ripe, but they also also would call a ripe, so a ripe banana is a maduro. They say that, 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 that banana is maduro. And so the picture I saw in an instant was um, uh, a stock of bananas. Anytime you cut them, they're, they're green at the time and they're just starting to turn yellow maybe, but there was one yellow one at the top. So it was all green, there's one yellow, and, but it was at the very top. And with that picture I saw in five seconds, I prophesied that he would be the president of Honduras. Goodness, with that one picture? And this is how, it, this is the progression of it. So I put the newspaper down and I say, Elio, um, is there any chance a man named Ricardo Maduro could be president of Honduras? He goes, no, who's Ricardo Maduro? And 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 uh, he says, I say, so he's not known? No, I've never heard of him. What's, and um, and I said, so when's your election? He goes, three years. And I go, well, the Lord's just show me that Ricardo Maduro is going to be the next president of Honduras. And um, he looks at me like I'm a little bit nuts. And so and I say this because things Maduro also means quite ripe. Things have ripened. I actually upon hearing myself, I was so convinced that we were in a conference that night. And at the conference, I spoke Ricardo Maduro is going to be president. And when wow. he's president, you're a gutsy prophet, man. <laughs> Again, I had no big reputation. I wasn't worried about it. That's why I say enjoy and anonymity. Yeah. You can yeah. just be obedient and not think about all the ramifications. Does it hurt yeah. your ministry and all that kind of stuff? And so, um, but I said it would speak of a time of visitation of the Lord, of, of, 
where he would come and specifically where the hurricane Mitch had come through that the Lord was going to come through. And it would mean that was uh, with time for that. So, uh, Ricardo, uh, the deal is, you know, three years later, I, I forgot about it. I forgot about it. I just gave the prophetic word. And this is what happens so much. You know, there I was I didn't have a scribe beside me writing down all my prophetic words. People, you know, it's like either you should be more accountable for uh, that. I wasn't sophisticated enough. I'm just saying what I hear and I say yeah. it. And it sounds right. And so um, three years later, Pastor Elio calls me, says, Johnny, we just had our election. I go, oh, I wonder where. He says, did you see who won? I go, no. He goes, Ricardo Maduro. And he says, the people are all buzzed talking about it. And I say, well, tell them, remind them the rest of the word. Because the reason for that word was it was going to speak into a visitation and where specifically it was going to come and all that. But it was, that wasn't the first time I ever uh, prophesied, but it wasn't an open vision. It was like in my mind's eye, and it just snapped from seeing his name, what it naturally means. It, I don't even know the process, but it was in five seconds. So you get top banana if people didn't get it. So what's a top banana? I'm interpreting what a top banana is. So a top banana uh, is going to be the president. He who presides is going to be top banana. And um, and interesting enough, because it's also called often the Banana Republic, um, oh, Honduras. See, there's there's things. When you in, got the right was Maduro, where'd you get Ricardo? Ricardo, Ricardo. I, Ricardo. I, uh, I only because I read the story and found out his first name was Ricardo. Oh, okay. That, that was that was his name. Maduro was the the part that um, you know the headline had Maduro because they'll name people. It's like you know whatever Trump said this, and so it's they just list la- last names. But literally, you learn to recognize the voice of God and go with it. And then you test it. And then you get confidence in it. And But it's so much easier when you're not famous, when you're not well-known. I mean, you, and you have said that appropriately many times on this broadcast today, that, that it's better, it's more fruitful, possibly even, because you're not trying to protect your name. You're just going with it. You're not trying to, and I'm going to just add to this because you mentioned this. You're not trying to say, well, if someone will give me, some pastor will lay hands on me and release me, then I'll be accountable. Then maybe people will receive me. None of that. You just walked around as a walking, talking, prophetic machine, giving people what you got, not worrying about it, going back onto the next thing. I mean, that's probably a better model than than some some prophetic schools where they have to you have to go and take all these classes and then have, you know i don't know it is and you want to do so uh you know in the fear of the lord but yeah. you want to do not so much fear of the lord in quote that you have no faith to move forward and then you start you know that's why it's not wasn't my first it wasn't your first rodeo yeah. You know, I didn't, it wasn't the first time I had recognition because really I could, reason I could prophesy in Honduras about their president is because that mayor, the first time, it's exactly the same way I saw the silver mine and the zinc mine and the lost city of the Incas. It's exactly mm. the same way. It's just in my mind's eye, just like I'm thinking and talking. I'm in the spirit as part of you. You know, you're in his presence. You're standing um, for him. You're in a flow. And then you, you just, some things happen. You learn to pay attention. And I, I just believe the Lord really delights in in sons and daughters who can who can pick up his whispers. You know, we pro- brought that up in Proverbs. It is uh, he, he loves to hide things. He loves to play, uh, put the clue there 
And if he if he has to, to get obedience from us, he has to like actually grab us, get in our face, say it out loud. Um, that's no joy for him. For him, it's, yeah. it's put the little clues out there and one of, my, one of the most I've shared this a long, long time ago. I'll say it real quick. One of my favorite things is like that. The guy was just having a blast, like having a party, I think, with me. Because I had been, uh, I think, at Gene Hammond, I said, Steve, every time you get up there, you need to pull pull on the Holy Spirit, and you need to prophesy. And I said, okay, because that's what the CI miles. Oh. So I got up there, and I got to do it. I think she might have been in the audience on that one, because I was trying to be obedient and not get chewed out for not, because I had taken my training to them. Anyway, so this uh, very large African-American man was highlighted to me, and I said, would you stand up? And I'd never met him. Uh, and I, all of a sudden, uh, that commercial popped into my head where the, that little, it's a Wendy's commercial or something, and she's going, this old lady's going, where's the beef? Remember that? It was a very famous commercial. <laughs> and so I call him out and I said, I, I said, you're sitting there and in your heart, you're saying like, where's the beef? You know, you've seen this happen. You've seen people do it, but where is it in your life? And I went on like that. And he came up to me and gave him a word of encouragement that God was going to meet him. He comes up to me. He said, Steve, my name was, I can't even think of his name because I got to know him later. He says, I was literally sitting in my chair saying, where's the beef? I was using those exact words. <laughs> but God had put the commercial in my head, and I just went with it, you know, which is more risky than I normally would would have done. So yeah. it's kind of like that. Yeah, and I do. I, I understand that model. That model was not mine. I probably didn't have enough faith back then because you really just got to be able to, uh, we'll say what's taught through Bill Hammond and, and, and yeah. that. that that ministry, I think they call it the Naba, 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 where you yeah. allow it to just rise up and you, and you just say it and you, and you, and you speak it out that way. I didn't have that ability and I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't, that wasn't, that wasn't my model. But in, in its own way, it kind of was instead of what, what, yeah, CIA kind of get C, the CIA, they kind of get the motor running. They were the ones that probably invented the name of prophesying machine. I've heard that through them, but really, you allowed yourself to see the picture of the banana. You saw suddenly it becomes clear that top banana. Suddenly, you know, then you know, uh, what's the word? Maduro means ripe. I mean, it's kind of the same. It's a different variety, but it's kind of just nabi nava, whichever word that is. Yeah, I I think you know. I think I heard one of them try to describe to me how it was different. What I did when they would say it's more a seer. You do more on a seer thing. The other one is. They more have an uprising from in here. Yeah, I'm just paying attention, and okay. I see something. <clears throat> okay. Uh, I see, and and of course the, you know, back part of we'll do the teaching component of the prophetic right here is, there's like three voices. There's the voice of God. There's the voice of the enemy. There's your own voice, mm. and pretty quickly you learn to separate the voice of the enemy from your own. And when he, when you're first starting out you know he'll he'll play on you that way but then you you get that one figured out easier the difference between your voice and his voice becomes the hardest one um to decipher even what you see what you hear is like was that me or was it um or was it the holy spirit and so but what you learn to do is when you just you, the more faith more you grow your you, you know you, your muscles get exercised and so then you just go with it anyway. And then and then you realize you could be, you know, there is the more that your mind comes into, you know, uh, a mind that thinks too much can yeah. own a, a problem. Um, and if you have too much, 
like you know, too much foresight on the situation. There's too yeah. much information. They've told you about it too much. I found my prophetic is a lot more when it wasn't planned. You're not called for the specific prophetic word. It's just you're talking, you're interacting, and then you you get it. That's how it works uh, best for me. And if I know, no, you know, this leader is calling you in specifically for a prophetic word on on this. That's like there's even just the pressure of that. Just the, the flow of revelation happens so much better in peace and in in and not having heavy expectations. So it's a whole nother a whole nother thing. I can operate in that way as well. But I am much more hesitant on prophesying now because of the fact that I know. Um, well, if you get it wrong now, the, the dogs will attack, you know, so. Uh, but I still say pretty radical things on the yeah, air in front of, like yeah, I do. said, you know, Antarctica is going to have a 9.0 earthquake. It's pretty, and it's it's like, pretty out there, man. It is. It's pretty out there. It, and you got it. it was, you nailed it. So you, that's about our time, but you, when you're looking at whether you're reading a paper or what you're consciously or subconsciously always open to a symbol or a sign or a headline or a rhyme, or it's not like you're sitting there waiting to see it, but you're open to the, the slightest pun that will, pun that will pop open or, or a double meaning or whatever. Would that be a kind of a description yeah you realize something just drew your attention that you would normally say i don't know why i just noted that but then something tells you you noticed that for a reason so that's that's important for me telling people that right now when something tells you you just noticed that for a reason and so good. Very good. Uh, the biblical example there briefly and uh, we can be done is moses when he's called by the lord you know we know about the burning bush you're like oh yeah well how you know of course, a burning bush talks to you. You're going to respond. But that's not how the story goes. If you look at an Exodus chapter three, it's, you know, Moses is there and a bush started burning. He says, and then when Moses turned aside to see why the bush was not consumed. So there's like, he's like, why, why is that thing not ashes? Why is it still burning? And, and so he noted something says when he turned aside, the Lord spoke to him out of the burning bush. You can ask the next question. What if he had to turn aside? Um, maybe he doesn't get spoken to. There's like, what if Mary doesn't make herself available and say, be it unto me according to your word? Does, you know, we don't know how that. Or how that he could have said, or he could have said, you know, some uh, bushes are just harder to burn. I'm just going to, I've got work yes. to do. And he just keeps going. Yeah. There's like, you know, I don't have time for this. I'm going on. You don't have time for this, but it's that thing where he likes he, he likes who's paying attention. Yeah, that's paying attention. Good. Something he might be saying, you're out in the desert, you're with sheep. Who's paying attention? Moses is paying attention, and then he's paying attention, and so the Lord speaks to him. I mean, that's again, that's for that's for somebody. There's some real practical, helpful things uh, that that I feel like the Lord really is going to jump on for the listeners today because there's yeah. something about the non-famous. The nameless, faceless, your low fame, like whatever. He just really wants you to do damage to the kingdom of darkness. That's uh, fear not. Fear not what the enemy is plotting and planning. That's the verse. Do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And we can apply that in every kind of way. There's the unseen realm that you can see in the spirit of the angelic who God has sent. And really just 
you know, pointing out, I think a couple of weeks ago, believers on planet Earth, two and a half billion say, I follow Jesus Christ. 700 million, one in every 10 on the planet almost say, I have also been filled with the Holy Spirit. We're literally the largest minority on planet Earth. Christians are. We act like we're still in the book of Acts where they weren't even 0.0001%. We're acting like we're, we're, we're that. No, we're not that. So it's time to arise more or force. Not because you're not supposed to get motivated to courage by numbers. That's not the point because he always calls us to, to look at, at things like Elisha and where you could say, ooh, the enemies are in a big place here. But you realize uh, the status the narrative in the spirit, and so you react differently. So, anyway, yeah, this good has been stuff. really good stuff. Yeah, this is this is like there are so many levels of teaching that went on today. Uh, you know, the bigger picture, then the, the the how to do it, the detail. That was good, Johnny. I feel like praying for the people as we close out. Yes, let's do that. Yeah. Lord, we just mm-hmm. thank you what you're doing all across planet Earth right now. Lord, we just thank you in this age of the kingdom. Age of demonstration of your ways, of your care for every area of society, the demonstration of you as the desire of the nations. And Lord, your desire that you shared with me clearly today to use your sons and daughters as never before, uh, to, to, to be those who go along with your narrative, to be your Caleb's, to be your David's, yeah. to be those who see what can't be seen with natural eyes, those who beat to the beat of another drum. And Lord, I just ask that even as part of this prayer right now, Lord, that you would just cause eyes to be opened, that you would call call those, the seers, the prophets, the intercessors, yeah. and just as good, all those who already knew that was their name or title or whatever, Lord, but there is something about, and quote, the common believer and his ability to see what you're doing, hear what you're saying, mm. and speak out of that, and watch you do amazing things, mm. things that they can then tell testimonies, maybe years yeah. like I'm doing, maybe years later, they'll mm. tell about how God did something mighty and they'll be able to pass this on to another generation of, uh, of your awesome ways and how you choose the weak, small, foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And this is your preferred system, your preferred trademark of operation uh, is, is using the nameless, the faceless, the ones that are overlooked. You prefer that. It's the rare thing for you to actually use the the impressive, the mighty. That's the rarity. And so, Lord, we just thank you for releasing faith for that, releasing the seer anointing. Even right now, let some of those that are listening, let their eyes begin to see things immediately, Lord. You will speak uh, in whispers, you'll speak in open visions, you'll speak in every kind of way, and it's your voice that we carry that is the the, the gigantic atomic weapon against the enemy at this time. The enemy has come in like a flood, you've raised a standard, and the standard is in your sons and daughters who are seeing and hearing from you. Let faith for that be released now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Johnny how tell people anything that you'd like him to know, go visit, call. <laughs> Support Restore7.org, I think, has everything there. We continue to do these um, programs, Elizabeth and I, that are amazing, up for discussion. So, uh, you know, get some of that. And we, we've been doing some interviews on uh, someone you should know is another another part. And, and there are people involved in reformation in society. So examples, uh, we, we want to not just, you know, champion at 30,000 feet what God can do. 
but present examples of those sons and daughters um, that are doing things in the mountains in unique ways. And we're going to have more and more of that coming up real shortly in our Restore 7 TV platform, kind of a kingdom Netflix platform where we're going to have reformers who are telling their stories. And we know that that's how the kingdom advances in an accelerated way. So you know, on the, the show that we taped with you, I guess it's not tape anymore. We recorded with you. Yeah. And this is where you interviewed uh, us. I think that was under the context of some of you should know, right? Yes. And so Johnny and Elizabeth asked great questions and drew us out of ourselves to tell things we might not other we would not otherwise have said. Uh, so that'll be Thursday. You'll see that show here. No, you I, I have to tell interrupt you to tell them they must see it. It is you're going to get to know things about uh, Steve and Doreen that are just will touch you and bless you. And, you know, Steve's always the interviewer. So, you're not he throws in some aspects of his testimony from time to time over the course uh, of it all. But to hear Steve and Doreen, um, you will understand more of the uh, of the beauty of what God has done with their lives and their story. So I, I strongly recommend awesome. for people to do that. To listen. Yeah, to there was a couple of moments where was, I had to, I'm choking up because, you know, I, I usually stay in control because I'm doing the interviewing. But being, when that stuff's coming <laughs> out of me. Real yeah. time. It was enjoying. really touching. There were there were moments that were super touching for for us all in the years. Amazing. If I think about it too much, I'll start. Crying. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm going back to two. <laughs> okay, well, listen. Uh, tomorrow is Mel Kay with Prophets and Patriots episode, and after that, the one after that is Derek Johnson. Don't miss that. Thanks, Johnny. Again, give our love to Elizabeth and your your beautiful daughters. I met three of the four of them. I think it was. So yeah. great, great time, and their husbands were two of those. So, yeah. and the and the one that's a dead ringer for um, uh, Platt. What's his name? <laughs> Chris Pratt. Chris Pr- Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt from my son-in-law Clay. Yeah, he's like a dead ringer for that man. I just uh, what's Guardians of the Galaxy? Think of Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> he's better looking and huskier. Yeah, he's a he's a good guy. His but his smile, his demeanor is similar, and I and I pointed that out to him. He had a pretty what I, I didn't know how to describe it, but I was I looked at him a minute later because he was making the food for us all. He's like, he's a little <laughs> and but he was smiling about that. You can tell everyone's always talking about. It. He said that yeah. the pastors all you know in it brought him up and said, "I want you to meet Chris Pratt." <laughs> That's funny. Great kids. Both of your sons-in-laws are great. So, all right, good to uh, good to have everybody here with us. We will see you all again tomorrow, eleven o'clock Pacific. See you later. Bye bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.